0: 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, November 11th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. The next Speaker of the House will be a Californian. Whether that person is Republican Kevin McCarthy from Bakersfield or Democrat Nancy Pelosi from San Francisco still remains to be seen. More election coverage coming up on the California Report. We'll take a brief look at local news and weather before KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with singer-guitarist Elena Rayo. Rayo performs the music of Joni Mitchell tonight at the Nevada Theater in downtown Nevada City. And we close with a special Veterans Day commentary by Chaplain Norris Burks.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. There are still millions of ballots left to count in California and multiple congressional seats across the state remain in limbo. CalMatters politics reporter Ben Christopher has more.
2: These are districts in Orange County, San Diego, uh, Bakersfield, Santa Clarita, the Modesto area in the Central Valley. So all over the state. But nationwide, which party controls the House is still very much up in the air. And it's looking like it's going to be very tight. And it could come down to who wins these seats in California. Uh, One other thing, either way, it seems uh, likely that at least for now, the Speaker of the House will be a Californian. That's either Nancy Pelosi from San Francisco or Kevin McCarthy from Bakersfield.
1: That's CalMatters politics reporter Ben Christopher. California has filed a lawsuit against 18 companies that manufactured PFAS, also known as a forever chemical. They can be found in a vast number of products from packaging and clothing to carpet and firefighting foam. PFAS are pervasive in waterways, wildlife, and in most people's bloodstream. Here's Attorney General Rob Bonta.
3: These companies knew for decades that PFAS are toxic and harmful to human health and the environment, yet they continued to produce them in mass and concealed their harms from the public.
1: The EPA has concluded that high levels of PFAS may lead to a range of ill health effects, including cancer. The lawsuit seeks penalties and funds to treat drinking water. In a statement, both DuPont and 3M stood by their products and said they will defend their record of environmental stewardship. Now, to round out election week, here's something you might not have considered. What happens if a winning candidate is dead? In the San Diego city of Chula Vista, Simón Silva currently holds about a 150-vote lead in the city attorney race. But Silva died from cancer in September, after it was too late to make changes to the ballots. In an interview with KGTV, Silva's opponent, Dan Smith, a Republican in a nonpartisan race, accused the Democratic Party of continuing to campaign for Silva without telling voters about his death. There are still thousands of votes to be counted, but if Silva does win, the city council will call a special election to fill the position. And it could cost the city about $2 million.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. Hint! Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered, from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falkor II, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at SchmidtOcean.org.
1: And that's the California Report for Friday, November 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Chris Beale, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Izzy Bloom. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Ki Sung. Our executive editor is Ethan tovin Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening.
0: Let's take a look at today's local news. According to the Nevada County Sheriff's Office Facebook page, shortly after 2 p.m. today, search and rescue teams located the body of Nevada County 16-year-old Trinity Backus, who had been missing since Wednesday night. She was last seen walking away from a residence in the 18,000 block of Kentucky Ravine Road in Nevada City around 10.30 p.m. The North Point High School teen was found half a mile from the residence in a heavily wooded river drainage area. The Sheriff's Office says the cause of death is unknown, but that at this point there is nothing suspicious. NCSO coroners will conduct a full investigation, including an autopsy, according to KCRA 3 News. If you have any additional information, contact the Nevada County Sheriff's Office Dispatch Center at 530-265-7880. Nevada County election workers continue to process ballots and tally votes from Tuesday's local and statewide elections. The county's assistant clerk recorder, Natalie Adona, says it usually takes about two and a half to three weeks to get an official count. Quote, every county has 30 days. We're just humming along here. I don't expect us to have an updated vote count until next week, says Adona. Due to the Veterans Day holiday, county offices are closed today, but the processing of ballots will continue on Monday. This from the Union of Grass Valley. Turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service, for those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, a slight chance of showers in the early a.m. with a low around 34. Saturday, a 40% chance of showers with a high near 47. And Sunday, a high of 53. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly cloudy in the early evening with a low around 18. Saturday, a 50% chance of snow, mainly after 1 p.m., with a high near 35. Sunday, partly sunny, with a high near 37. The National Weather Service forecasts a weak weather storm, bringing light snowfall and gusty winds, to the Sierra, Saturday into Sunday morning. Gusts along ridges could reach up to 90 miles per hour, and high temperatures continue to be 15 to 20 degrees below normal for this time of year. In Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, a slight chance of showers with a low around 42. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a high near 58. Sunday, sunny with a high near 60. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Up ahead, KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with singer-guitarist Elena Rayo. After discussing the idea for years with her husband, Rayo finally performs the music of Joni Mitchell tonight at the Nevada Theater in downtown Nevada City.
2: We're talking with Elena Rayo. She's performing tonight at the Nevada Theater as part of Paul Emery's music series. You're going to be doing the songs of Joni Mitchell. This is pretty exciting, Elena.
4: Yes, it is exciting. It's been a long-time dream come true, actually, Felton. So I'm really pleased to present. It's got a beautiful song list and a fantastic group of musicians who are accompanying me. And it's a lot of my favorite songs. And I hope that the audience will find a lot of their favorite material in there also.
2: I seem to remember that this was actually an idea that you and your late husband, Saul Rayo, put together. You were going to do Joni, and he was going to do Bob Dylan.
4: Yes, we were going to have kind of like a throwdown to see what... Song would top the other song, you know, like he would play Sad Eyed Lady of the Lowlands, and I would come out with Blue, and he would lay down, you know, something equally amazing from Bob Dylan, and I would do a comeback. And this was a concept he had that he thought it would really highlight the genius of Joni Mitchell, which was his secret plot, even though, of course, he was a huge Bob Dylan fan as well, and even did a tribute show to him. He just really felt like she always got the short end of the stick, historically, as a songwriter and as a musician. So he thought it would be a great way to to show that off. It would have been a wonderful show, but he really wanted me to continue on with the idea and just do all Joni's songs.
2: Well, you're doing that, and it's going to be a great uh, performance tonight. Talk a little bit about what, what the show's going to be like.
4: It'll be a combination of I'm playing some more early material with just solo, and also, with Annie McCann, we'll be playing beautiful piano. And then we'll have some of the sort of mid-period things with um, her fantastic backup vocalist, which is going to be done by Annie McCann, Kim Kinjo, and Janice Palusha doing the backup vocals and doing some percussion, so a little more up-tempo. Some of her big favorite songs are in that set. And then I also have a, a, a jazz band with Tommy Coster on piano and Ananda Vaughan on guitar. Tim Buckley on drums, and Jerry Pineda on bass. So this will be a little more in her Jira, period, Court and Spark, when she was playing with the band. So it's going to be a mixture of all those types of eras that she had with her different presentations. It's really beautiful to be able to present that kind of a scope of her music.
2: What was it about Joni Mitchell that touched your heart?
4: Her lyrics were so personal and so descriptive, And I really relate to her theme that she has weaving through her her songs and her life, the search for love, the search for achievement and accomplishment in music, and those are the way that she speaks to uncovering her own journey for those two things. I can, I really, I really relate to that. And she's just such an exquisite musician as well as lyricist. Beautiful vocals fantastic guitar playing, I mean, t- to me, she really is a consummate artist.
2: We're talking with Elena Rayo. She's going to be performing tonight at the Nevada Theater, doing the songs of Joni Mitchell. Now, I remember you talking about uh, Joni. What did she have, polio when she was young?
4: Yeah, quite young. So she had partial p- paralysis for left hand and shoulder, and that made it difficult for her to form classical shapes of standard tuning on guitars to form those, those chord structures. So she cleverly invented ways to tune the guitar itself so that she could make the simple shapes that her left hand could make and then created these beautiful alternate tunings, really created on her own. And it gives her songs a unique musical tenet to them. They just have a, a tone and a harmonic structure that can't really be achieved by a standard way of tuning a guitar, unless you have or like a jazz player can really do complex chordings. And it's not something maybe really well known, but you'll see if you come to the show that I have nine guitars up on stage to represent some of her many tunings. I had to cut out a few songs, actually, because I ran out of guitars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: and it it is just it's beautiful to really hear the way that she juxtaposes her vocal melodies against these these tunings. She always said that she really secretly wanted to be like a soul singer and she loved to dance. So it has an internal rhythm that goes along with these beautiful melodies. So underlying that are these fantastic, very strong right-hand rhythms that she plays against these complex chords. It's really quite. It's been really quite a journey to learn how to play these songs in the style that she does.
2: I remember back in the 70s, everybody would go out and buy a songbook. You'd get the Bob Dylan songbook or the Joni Mitchell songbook, and it would have the chords in there, and then you'd start trying to learn how to play. It must have been really difficult to learn Joni Mitchell songs that way.
4: Yes. In fact, I have one of those Those songbooks, which I think I got from a thrift store somewhere. And as is often the case with these kinds of things, they were transposed to a standard guitar tuning. And when you play those songs in the standard tunings, of course, they're still beautiful, but they are definitely lacking something. So I was determined, and Saul was really pushing me to do this as well, to have those tunings, to figure out what those tunings were, and then to figure out the fingerings, how she did that. And so I had to listen to the records over and over again and I have have them all in vine also that I could just pick up the needle and play all those little parts over and over again. And then also I watched videos where she was performing live so I could see how she was playing, do some of the chord instructions with her left hand and try to copy also her right hand. So yeah, it was really quite a, a process and it I started was kinda of, I guess the middle of the COVID era. So it's been, you know, um well over a year of studying her music. And it's definitely helped me become a much better player and singer.
2: Well, we can all go and look. watch your hands tonight when you're performing at the Nevada Theater. <laughs>
4: okay.
2: We're talking with Elena Rayo. Now, you also run uh, Ancient Wave Studios up in the hills of Nevada City. Uh, talk about Ancient Wave for a bit.
4: Well, it's been a, an evolution. We started as just a, our rehearsal space, and over time, it became a recording studio because we wanted to begin to record our own records. And then the local engineer, Osrit brought some of his gear over to do some recording in our space. And then Saul was always so enthusiastic. And once he had an idea in his head, he just went for it. So, And I had brought along with me for years an old tape deck, you know, those big reel-to-reel decks. And I had just had it in storage. So we thought, well, we should just make a recording studio. So many years later, it's been about eight years later, we really finally have achieved that goal and it was something Saul really wanted to see before he died and we did actually get there to where we have a pretty state of the art studio now. We've upgraded all of the equipment to be the the latest in digital, but it's married with all the old analog gear. So we have an old analog board from England, out, outboard gear, old microphones, and then a large collection of old instruments, you know, the Hammond's and a beautiful old restored Steinway piano. So that's been something that was really not something I expected we were going to do, but here we are, and it's really, it's, it's my business now.
2: And it gives your studio a little bit of flexibility or versatility because you can do analog to digital.
4: Yes, that's what's really great about it, I think, is, you know, there's still people out there who want to record to tape and make an, a final record, because it is still, let's face it, it is the highest quality still, because it's an actual sound wave reproduction instead of a digital approximation. Though The digital has gotten very good. It's very high quality these days and much less expensive to, than recording on tape, just the same way with film. You know, it's they're so great now with, with digital visuals as opposed to using actual film stock. But there's just still something about it that is, is very special and warm with the analog. So that's why we wanted to make a hybrid, where so you could have the analog sound and then bring it to the digital world, because pretty much everything is now in digital format, no matter how you look at it.
2: So if folks want to find out more information about Ancient Wave Studios, how would they do that?
4: We have a website, ancientwavestudios.com, and you can contact me through the website and, and with any questions. And we, I like to give tours so people can really experience the space, because it wasn't just the gear and the the equipment and the instruments that we have. But Saul and I really wanted to create a space that felt like for musicians. So it's warm and inviting and it's made with recycled woods and just has a vibe to it that that was really what we're going for to inspire people, to feel creative, to feel almost like in another era, you know, not just with your laptop in a room, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just we are such fans of the days when, people could play together in a room with the drums at the same time as the singer in the isolation booth and then we have the bass player in the kitchen and you know, it just it just there's something magical that happens when musicians can play live together and create a sound. And then we we capture that. And of course we can do it the traditional way too, like way a lot of things are done where you layer the sound putting the drums and bass down first and then adding the vocals and guitars. You could also record that way. But we really wanted to have the possibility of doing both things. So we wanted a good-sized room to be able to handle that.
2: We've been talking with Elena Rayo. She runs Ancient Wave Studios in Nevada City, and she's performing tonight doing the songs of Joni Mitchell at the Nevada Theater. Have a great show tonight, Elena.
4: Thanks so much, Felton.
0: We close with a special Veterans Day commentary from Chaplain Norris Burks. Chaplain Burke served with both active-duty Air Force and the Air National Guard in posts as diverse as Turkey, Iraq, and Panama until his retirement in 2014. In 2009, Chaplain Burke served as the senior chaplain to the Air Force Field Hospital at the 323 Air Expeditionary Wing in Bilad, Iraq.
3: If you're a military veteran, you've likely met someone you might describe as Airman Snuffy. Snuffy is a condescending term that military instructors use to describe the hapless, clueless, or lazy recruit who's constantly on the verge of trouble. The name comes from a long-running comic strip, Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. In the strip, Snuffy is a diminutive, rough, hillbilly type living in the remote countryside. So why mention such a character on Veterans Day? Well, turns out Snuffy was the nickname for a real World War II hero, Staff Sergeant Maynard Harrison Smith, a.k.a. Snuffy Smith. Maynard Smith, before he went into the military, was a rich 31-year-old civilian brat, draining his inheritance when he was arrested for failing to pay child support. When the presiding judge sentenced him to military service, he volunteered to become an aerial gunner because the dangerous job brought instant promotion with advanced pay. However, the rigors of basic training had little effects on the ne'er-do-well, and his insubordination had him constantly on report. Nonetheless, on May 1, 1943, Smith flew his first combat mission as a gunner in a B-17 bomber over France. The sortie was uneventful, until the lead plane got lost, accidentally leading the formation over Brest, France. Suddenly, the airspace lit up with fire from German Luftwaffe fighters, and Smith's plane took massive amounts of flak and fire. Smith described the moment, At this point, I lost my electrical controls, and I knew something was wrong. I manually cranked the gun, I opened the armored hatch, and I got back in the airplane. When I saw it was on fire, the radio man became so excited that he jumped out the window without a parachute. Military writer and veteran combat photographer Blake Stilwell describes how Nazi guns ripped through the fuel tanks and started a massive fire in the aircraft. Smith grabbed a fire extinguisher and started fighting the fire in the tail section. In between tending the wounded, Smith manned the port 50 caliber and then the starboard one, keeping the fighters at bay. The battle lasted 90 minutes and another 80 minutes for the return flight back to England, where 10 minutes after landing broke in half with 3,800 holes in the aircraft. Seven planes failed to return to base and Ninety-three airmen died that day. The pilot of Smith's plane gave credit to Smith for being solely responsible for the return of the aircraft and the lives of everyone on board. For his actions, Smith would be awarded the Medal of Honor. However, according to reports in the Stars and Stripes, leadership had failed to inform Smith of the presentation. So, with the band in place and the Secretary of War waiting on the podium... A search party was sent out to find the war hero. They located Snuffy Smith scraping leftovers from breakfast trays, forced again to serve kitchen duty for disciplinary reasons. It was obvious then and later that the medal wouldn't change him much. Snuffy was discharged with what we'd call PTSD and again was late with his child payments. Some years later, he was jailed for filing a phony police report after faking the rescue of a woman. Another time, Federal Drug Administration raided his apartment to confiscate a potion he was selling guaranteed to restore lost manhood. As he aged, Snuffy embellished his story to claim that he took over for the critically injured pilot and he flew the plane back to England even though he had never flown before. Why close such an inspiring story with such a sad ending? because I believe all vets proudly share some attributes of Snuffy. There were times when we were hapless, we were unsure, we were confused. But when the time came to do our job, we answered the call of our country and offered our lives. The late Andy Rooney, fellow airman and a better commentator than I, says it best in his book, My War. He was called Snuffy Smith because he had an undistinguished personality, And no one thought that there was anything at all heroic about Snuffy until the day he saved the lives of six men on board his B-17. Like Snuffy Smith, most heroes are unlikely. They aren't heroic on purpose. Perhaps, Rooney concluded, no one was more surprised that Snuffy Smith had become a hero to the Air Force and a household name in America than the disheveled little man himself. Staff Sergeant Maynard Smith, a.k.a. Snuffy Smith, died on May 11, 1984, and is buried in Arlington National Cemetery.
0: That's our newscast for this Friday, November eleventh. Visit us online at kvmr.org and on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and... The Center for the Arts presents Postmodern Jukebox, Life in the Past Lane, on Tuesday, November 15th. Information and tickets at thecenterforthearts.org. And UBIDOX Urgent Care, since 2000, providing walk-in medical and urgent care, accepting most insurance. Open 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, Saturdays and holidays. Located in the Fowler Center, Grass Valley, UBIDOX.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.